Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brewing with Bam. I'm Joe Whitney, as uh, always. With me is Dave Campbell. What's up, Dave? Hey, not much, Joe. It's another beautiful day uh, in the day of Bim. All right, perfect. Well, we've got uh, a few gentlemen with us uh, from a great company that's doing scanning and CAD and all the fun stuff that goes in between. So today we're going to chat with Tim Lidman and uh, Josh Brown. What's going on, guys? Not much. How are you guys doing? This is John. John, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I was looking at your name too, and I butched that. I am so sorry, man. <laughs> uh, figured I'd just grab you quick on that. No problem at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna uh, blame the one sip of whiskey. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, which whiskey is it? That old. Uh, uh, just some, some old overhaul. I'm not drinking anything fancy today. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's the uh, getting down to the bottom of the um, the liquor cabinet. What do I have? What do I have? <laughs> Too lazy to go actually brew some beer. Do any of you gentlemen brew? No. No. No, I have not tried. I have not tried brewing myself. Oh, I've many, but I have not tried brewing yet. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing. At least you're trying trying what's out there. Keep keeping everybody afloat. I think uh, breweries are the one one of the one uh, industries that have really kind of revolutionized during this whole uh, whole COVID process. Like I've seen a uh, direct order uh, uh, brewer, you know, breweries to home, ship to home type stuff, like kick up tenfold. It's been crazy seeing all this, this fun interactive stuff. Um, and, you know, they've done the whole spacing and like they'll, they'll host uh, small events at their, their, uh, off their um, breweries. So cool stuff happening. Um, Anyways, don't want to bore you guys with alcohol, uh, although it is a fun topic. Um, I do want to dive in to get today because, um, you know, we had a previous conversation, John, you and I, about um, scanning and scan to BIM. And um, you guys are just north of Philly, as you mentioned. Um, are you seeing kind of this whole scan to BIM revolution coming to uh, the, the Philly metro? Uh, is it regional? Are you guys seeing um, pockets of it or what, what's going on? Yeah, I would say uh, being the guy who's kind of going out in the field right now and taking care of the actual on-site scanning um, and doing the, the back-end processing before it, I hand it over to our project team. Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely on the rise, and I, I would I would attribute that to, I mean, of course, our present situation. Um, but, uh, but I think also I feel like you know the decision makers, GCs, owners of pro- owners, the ownerships of the projects are kind of seeing uh, the benefits of being able to capture, you know, what's what's happening on site, whether it's mid mid progress job or or right after demo. Um, yeah, the East Coast uh, is definitely picking up. Like I've been to um, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, New York. Um, so I'd say, yeah, pockets for sure. But I think uh, 
locally, yes, we've done some too. I just feel like as a whole, the East Coast seems to be um, kind of coming alive and, and picking up as far as uh, the use of scanning goes on, on projects. I love it. I love it. Dave and I used to joke about this. Um, Dave's from uh, Indiana, uh, where uh, I think he doesn't know, I think they know how to spell him. And uh, <laughs> no, not yet. Scan the cornfields, huh? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I scans out there. <laughs> and, I, and I'm everywhere. I'm a, I'm an everywhere man. I grew up in from Massachusetts, and uh, it's funny, even like looking at big cities in Massachusetts, it still doesn't seem like scanning is still commonplace. And in Texas, you know, unless you know an owner's going to pay for it, nobody was really pushing for scanning in Texas. Um, but in the Pacific Northwest where we were, we were, we were inundated with, uh, the amount of companies that wanted scanners and to get into scanning. And it was awesome to talk the workflows up there. So just to, just to be here now, you know, I've been here a year and in the, you know, eight months prior to COVID that I was actually out interacting with people face to face. Um, I can tell you you know, BIM was, BIM was coming. It was definitely on their minds. So definitely seeing this scan revolution happen is, it's awesome. And I love that you guys are leading the way. You guys are, you know, taking those services on internally because, um, I, so real quick, I'm chatting, I'm, I'm ranting about this, but I, I have this thought. And do you guys think that it's become uh, um, more of an issue for a firm to take on scanning services themselves versus contracted out? Or is it uh, easier and more readily acceptable for them to contract it out? I would say, uh, I'd say it's easier to contract it out because if, now of course, yeah, I'm talking from a bit of a bias because I do it for our company. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but uh, have the reality is, yeah, okay, so you're gonna get a $60,000, $80,000 scanner you're gonna grab the software. Um, are you gonna get like a web share platform for it, like the Faro one that we use? Um, Autodesk has one as well. But and there's other very there's other softwares that have, have. So who's running it? Like, are you okay? Is it Joe? So it's Joe. Hey Joe, grab the scanner and go head out. We need you to scan, uh, you know, 500 West Broadway Street today. We've got five floors. So go ahead and grab those scans and. Uh, you know, when you're done, just uh, load it up and send it to the project manager for that job. You know, like who's doing the scanning? Do they know what they're doing? Do they know how to, when you go on site to operate the scanner and move it around, it's not brain surgery, right? You grab the scanner, but what are you looking for? Is there like certain points in the building to existing ductwork? Is there piping that you need to see? Like what does that person that you're gonna hand the scanner to understand what, what they need to capture? Um, and how it's going to translate at the end of the day when it goes to the next stage of that particular project. So your investment is the equipment, but you really need to invest in a person that's going to like handle that job as well. Because if you're just dropping it on somebody like, you know, three, four different people in the office, are they taking care of the equipment? You know, I mean, just little things like that. But I think, I think, contracting it out cost wise when you factor that into the price of a project or the cost of a project unless you're going to have somebody run it and you, and you can sustain it and make you know it's worth your while to have that and have somebody run it within your own company then 
then that's great. But uh, I I think contracting it out is is the way to go. Cost. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, and I I'm thinking like you're just touching on a piece of it as well. Um, I, I'm working with a scan right now where uh, somebody went out and and you know they 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 just moved the scanner around, which is all right, but at the same time they didn't have enough overlap in like right. portions of the building or, you know, even trees or anything that I can recognize something to, you know, give me as a reference point because they didn't use targets either. So here I am trying to pick points and I'm like, I think this will work. And you know what? No, it doesn't work. And here I've spent two hours trying to put this scan together. Like, gosh, they, I can't, I, I need them to go out and redo this. Or, you know, that even transitions if into, if you have a person who knows, how to scan? Do you have a person who knows how to process that data correctly in the sense that they, they give you a deliverable that you can use? And, you know, if, if we take it that far, can we take it to the next step? What are you doing with that data? Because unfortunately, a, people, a lot of people, I think, get tunnel vision, right? And, and they think, okay, we get this scan and that's our as built. That's what it is. That's what we need. And they don't think about what else they can get from that data, how much you know, more they can actually pull from that scan because all they're trying to do time after time is just to get that as built, that digital twin, right? Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. And and from a guy who comes from not a CAD background, I don't come from a CAD background per se, but um, like to go out and make a few mistakes and and figure out what you need to do. Like you say, I've had a couple scans early on where I scanned and just moved it too far or, or around too many obstructions and you, you can, you know, you, you might have to go back out on site and now you're adding more time and what you're selling is the fact that you can get things turned around quick, quickly and accurately. Yep. Well, and all of a sudden now, hey, here the scan guy needs to come back and do more scans because he didn't get him enough in the right space. It doesn't show too well, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? So there, there's definitely as, as simple and as easy as it sounds to run out there and set up a scanner and do some scans. What settings are you putting the scanner on? How many points do you need to capture? Like, are you capturing a, like a 40 million points per scanner? Do you, can you do less? Are you using color? Do you need color? Do you black and white? Like just little things like that, that make a difference at the end. Oh, it makes a huge difference. I had a, I actually borrowed the Topcon GLS 2000 for a week, and I was determined to scan my house. And you know, I was like, well, I, I've I've played with total stations before. I played with a scanner here and there before. Um, I'll figure it out, right? And I I ended up printing the user manual, <laughs> the owner's manual, so I could kind of <laughs> learn how to like just scan with this thing just so I knew how to get through the menu of it. And all right, I set it up and I'm thinking total station. I'm like, all right, I'll occupy and backsite. I'm like, wait, no, this thing isn't, this is not a total station. Okay. All right. So I got to think differently a little bit, right? I, yes, I have to set up my occupy, like my uh, control point. Right. And even that in itself is a way of thinking when you move from one control point to the next, you need to rename it, you know, set it up. Do, essentially, every machine in itself is different, too, in, in the way that it does this. And you got to know how to take all of that information after you've gone through. And trust me, it is a very hard learning process. And I, I am no expert at it. I could tell you that. I, <laughs> you know, I stumbled through it. I stumbled through it. I was thinking about it from a different aspect. So when I asked you this, I had a uh, uh, my own bias in mind. I was thinking, okay, well, 
it's actually, I'm thinking easier. Um, you know, we're DIYer guys. We're like, oh yeah, we, we can do this. We can do the scan stuff. But I was thinking more or less, it's harder to do the processing, uh, post-processing than it is to actually set up the scan. I've been in the survey for a while. I know scanning, I can do all that stuff. But I, I didn't think about all those subtleties that you guys mentioned. It's like, oh yeah, most people don't know uh, you know, make sure that you've got enough overlap for auto stitching. If you are using control points, um, you know, make sure that you're shooting in that way it all stitches, auto stitches together at the end. Like there's a lot of things, nuances that come with it. You know, hey, you know, is there too much noise here? Are you trying to capture the other side of this duct? Well, you're going to need another setup, like a lot of different things that we don't think about. So uh, you guys are right on the money there. But what do you guys feel about the post-processing side? Do you think that that takes um, you know, a lot of practice as well. And before, before I let you answer that one, one more thing, because um, let me expand on that just a little bit. A lot of times when you hand somebody a scan and you say, okay, I'm done. Here you go. Uh, more often than not, I always hear, oh, well, we don't even know how to use this, or this is garbage data. You know, it's like, well, is it garbage? Did you know what to ask for? Or do you even know how to use the, 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 what was delivered? Like, you know, there's a whole misconception that it's just easy to bring in and I'll start modeling from a day one. Okay, so that's exactly it. And and this is a learning curve uh, again on the back end of it, right? So that's the front end, we covered that. Um, the back end for sure, like I learn stuff like almost every time I do a scan, I'll learn something different, how to handle the point cloud or pull a piece of data out or segment the scan a certain way. Like it, it I mean, this is this technology is growing all the time, but I definitely learn things every time I'm I'm working on a project, um, which is good. Um, but to your point, we've learned too. Like when we first started a couple of years ago doing this, two and a half years ago, you do the scan, we use the scan, then we hand the, the client the scan file. And to your point, Joe, Joe is, uh, what, okay, what is this? This is, what is this, 50 gigs? Uh, oh, okay, well, what do I do? How do I open this? What do I open it in? Okay, yeah, I, I see uh, pictures of, of the, the project we're working on, right? So educating the client through this whole process has really been, and, and I, I've heard a lot of other um, scanning uh, people talk about this too. It, it really is an education process to get clientele, like why why should I use this and what is it and why is it good for me to use? Um, so yes, on the back end, there, there's a lot you can do. I mean, it, it's very versatile, but how do you do it and what does your client need? So that's kind of like right now, you know, one of the big things is, okay, someone will call and say, I think we should scan this space. Okay, sure, that's, what is it? Look at the space, okay, why do you need, you know, what do you need from it? Because I've I've actually said to people I don't I don't think scanning's a fit for what you need here. Like I can scan this yes and do this, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like what what do you need from the scan is the big question. Is it uh, you know are we looking to verify what's there on site? Do you need us to you know take the scan and then model the structure and architecture to make sure columns are in the right places? Are floor to floor to slab heights correct? You know is the ceiling structure what kind of you know, uh, beams are we looking at? So, you know, and what do they need at the end? Do they need, do they need install drawings? Do they need a, you know, a model that they're going to design from? We, you know, it's in an architecture firm. So it's just a lot of questions that need to be asked up front. And sometimes I don't think you can rely on the clients to know what to ask. So I think 
with us, it's just, you know, kind of feeling out what, what they need and let them know that what we can produce for them from the scan. So you've almost, so you've almost got to educate them the whole, uh, whole step of the way, because, you know, they might be sold on the idea of scanning, but you know, what, what is the power of scanning for the purposes that, that for the intended outcome, essentially? Yeah. Yep. And that, yeah, that's a key thing. Uh, Dave and I chat about this, like, I think the more tools you have, the more often you want to use those tools. So if you had a scanner, you would want to use it more. Um, but are you scanning for the right purposes? Are you just wasting money? Is it too much data for no reason? Um, me, I love data. Give me all the data you want. But then again, I'll fill you know terabytes of useless information that I'll never sort through. Um, that said, though, you know, coming from the survey and scan industry, like thinking back and looking at it. You, you have to have somebody that uses that tool, maybe not daily, but at least once a week to be up on it. So if you are going to get into scanning, you're going to do it for yourself. You know, that's great. Um, but make sure that there's a dedicated person or a team of persons that is going to regularly use that scan technology um, so that they're up on it, so that, you know, it's calibrated, it's well taken care of, um, so that, uh, you know, it's not having to relearn the processes over and over again. Um, I, I know for me, like CAD software, I don't get in CAD software near as much as I used to. And I feel like, you know, every now and then it takes me a few seconds to reorient myself. It's the same thing with, with any technology, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do have a question for you guys. I was thinking about it. Um, and I've been having this conversation lately with a lot of different people on, on scanning and verification, uh, you know, uh, and modeling versus scanning and, and you know, uh, scan to BIM type of conversations. But my question would be, um, how do you guys see it to, I, I guess a lot of people are having issues with getting this into the contract, right? Figuring out how to get a service like verification or, um, scanning coordination you know type type of type of things or even the scan to bim in into the contract itself how um how do you guys see that kind of i mean like because you guys are the full package I, I see you guys doing a little bit of everything um how do you guys see this working into the benefit of you know let, as we say this bim transition to construction um and, and bim into let, like say scanning into design and of course scanning into construction yeah, I think renovation projects probably start to see it become more a standard part of the process. Uh, I can't, I mean, I've been to many jobs where they're mid, you know, they, they got studs going up and we're running in there to scan corridors because the the overhead beams are inconsistent as you go down the corridor and they're having trouble running their mech pipe down. So they want to get you know, verify what's happening and have us model it and incorporate it now into the model and, and, you know, correct the layout for the services in the ceiling. But again, it's, it's mid, it's mid project. So almost the writings on the wall, like what, what kind of hold, what's that cost, right? Are we yep. throwing away duct work? Are we throwing away pipe? Um, what and at least got at that point, you're still saving them some money though, because they're catching it. Yes. Yes. But going forward, the next project that comes down, hey, we should probably, once demo is complete, let's get the scan taken care of so we know. Because, you know, a lot of cities are, you know, going into these older buildings and repurposing, like could be an old factory or, you know, and they're putting, you know, condos in there. There's a lot of, a lot of that kind of projects, a lot of those types of projects going on where 
um, as we go in mid-project on, say, a job prior, the next big project they do, they're going to be thinking about the benefit that that had on the last project. So, yes, getting, again, it's just that education side, like what is scanning and why, you know, what's the benefit mm-hmm. for it? And just getting some of these decision makers, owners, owners of these projects, general contractors, general contractors uh, to understand like, hey, this is worth your time. You know, what are you going to save in the long run if you add up, you know, the mistakes, you know, the uh, all these things that compile on a project, if you can eliminate 60% of that or more, you know, with a, a scan, you know, scanning your project at the beginning, you know, what's the value? And going back to like a renovation, you think about how many people do, does a GC need to send out to get field verifications just to get simple measurements done? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're spending hours, you're spending, you know, how many, like I said, how many people have to go out just to take these measurements versus you send one guy out with a scanner, you know, it could take a day, it could take two days, depending on how big it is. But And you're not sending the, the rookie out to measure, right? No, right. no. Right. Right. So, I mean, you take these scans, you compile it, and then, you know, probably within a week or so, you've got a whole scan, you got a whole coin cloud, and you got something you could actually work with in BIM in a matter of a week, you know? So that's incredible saving. Oh, yeah. Well, and I I see it kind of spreading out even more than that. I mean, I I see um, in that term of of verification, I've seen quite a bit of – well, varying usages of it in terms of, of course, renovation for knowing what the as-built conditions are going to be so they can model accordingly. Because as we all know, if you start off on the wrong foot, that's just going to set you off. And the more, the farther that you get in your project, the more that's going to grow. You know what I mean? It's like if, if you if you set off a beam or a column, let's say you set off a column, a sixteenth of an inch at, at the base, and it's just slightly off, like angled a little bit. By the time you get to the top of that column, it's going to be off maybe a few inches, right? And and that can infect an entire project. And one thing I've been really passionate about throughout this is, of course, scanning to get as-built conditions. But for me, even, I see it as a big use on new construction projects for, you know, we were just talking about QAQC, right? A lot of these subcontractors or general contractors, when when they put in that bill to get paid, right, for this this amount of work that's been done. Um, they have to send someone out typically to verify that work, right? And they go out, they check those conditions. And of course, they're sending several people sometimes to do this. And if people don't recognize things or if they do this too late in the process, work that you know needed to be caught earlier in the process is now offsetting the entire project. And they're trying to scramble with all the other disciplines to see how they can make this work and under budget. And it's just, it, to me... I see the writings on the wall, as you guys said, it makes sense to do these scans throughout the process of construction, throughout that life cycle of construction. Uh, yeah, I always believe that scanning should be part of um, estimating for an ASBIL, for mm-hmm. a, a TI job. Like a scan, if, if an owner gave you a scanner, whoever gave you the scan, right, of an existing project that needed to be remodeled, uh, TI, whatever, retrofitted for new equipment, whatever you want to call it, um, that scan almost becomes so invaluable. Everybody could get accurate data off of it. It becomes, um, in my mind, it's if you were to do it at, on your own, right, you were you want to do a bid, but you ask for, okay, I'll do a bid, but let me go scan. 
that scan would give you everything you need to know or damn near everything you need to know to present an accurate bid rather than looking at PDFs that could be, you know, 20 years old. Definitely. definitely. And even uh, speaking about like the new building, the benefit of, of scanning in a new building while construction is upcoming is actually a project that we're working on uh, quite recently. It's like a 30 or 40 story uh, high rise. And the issue that they're running into with it was that certain points for floor penetrations are not lining up right with what the information that we are getting. So what we have in the office is not what's actually going on in the field. And we're trying to figure out exactly what the issue is, how, like, what, where is it? So we go out and you do your typical thing where, you know, you do, you do it the old fashioned way, you know, you measure it out and you find exactly where the issues are, exactly how far off you are. And we come back and we report and we try to figure out what the issues, and we cannot, for the life of us, determine where we are off. So we decide, hey, why don't we take the scanner out We'll actually shoot the entire floor and we'll see exactly how that lines up with what we have modeled and what we have what it's supposed to be in the in the in the field right and we figured out that you know as the building's going up how you say it could be off a 16th of an inch and you know when you're up 20 20 stories you start you, that 16th of an inch turns into an inch or an inch and a half and you're noticing that these portals to the floors above and below they're not really lining up just right you know, and if it wasn't for the scan and we're not measuring and pulling all these exact dimensions from the scan, there's no way we'd ever be able to determine like, to a definitive answer that, hey, we are off an inch because this column might be off a 16th of an inch. We definitely need yeah. to give everybody a lesson on compounding error. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a real thing. It's taught in survey, right? Like, hey, if I'm off of, you know, a 16th of an inch here, that error is triangulated and carried through every point that I shoot after that. Well, same thing with construction, everything that's built off of that 16th of an inch being out is therefore at least a 16th of an inch out and then whatever error on top of that. Yeah. Pain in the butt to work around. Yeah, and on this particular project, you had the, they were pouring floors. We were, I think on the 20th floor and they were pouring like the 26th floor. Uh, but they, so the, the, the concrete guys were using different points, control points, then than the guys who were laying out uh, walls yeah, yeah. on like the fourth floor. So everyone was using a different set of points. So it was like, that's where the confusion came in. Like they gave us control points, you know, for our, there was no scanning was involved at this point yet, the, the ground up project. To your point about scanning as, you know, as the, the project is going, right? So you get a few floors done, let's scan it, verify this, that this is coming along as it, as it should be. Well, they're they're calling again. Here's one of those situations. They're up on the 20th, 25th floor, and now they're saying, "Okay, we, there's an issue here." Right. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Oh it's my goodness, boys! Like, yeah. What the <laughs> heck? Are we just figuring this out now? So then, yeah, go out, scan it, and then you can overlay that scan on the model. And I mean, so there's another piece right there. You take that floor, you overlay the 20th floor on the 20th floor of the model, and you can see where things are off because you know the scan you know, is, is accurate to what's in the field. So, yeah, I, I mean, just, just the scanning itself, there's, there's it's very versatile in, in when you can use it and what you can use it for. So I see, I see a transition in our industry and I see it kind of going like across the entire country. And that's that, of course, scanning is getting more adoptable. It's getting more implementable, like with mobile scanners, cheaper scanners, you know, we're getting a, a few different processing softwares. 
um, that are that are giving us these kind of well scans, right? I mean, they're they're point clouds yeah. to a degree. The masses, you know, things like that. And we're even starting to see some scanners that are actually transitioning a scan itself into geometry into masses that populate a three D model. Um, I'm seeing this, you know, the, again, this transition of our industry towards where we are adopting scanning at a very fast rate. I'm, everybody's seeing the usage for it, right? And I, I think we're kind of at that tipping point where we, we really need to just tip that cup over, essentially, and just go for it, right? And and I, I see you guys on, on, on the tip of that with the different services that you offer. I mean, a lot of the... Um, I want to say the varying usage of these scans to the designs themselves to get a degree of accuracy, right? That's going to be a, another big thing because a lot of people hate on point clouds because they think they're not accurate. They say, oh, well, based off the scanner that you have, it has so much, let's say, I want to say tracking, is it? It's it just based off of how far it goes, it tracks, it, it you know, tracks off so far. It's it, the same reason GI, uh, surveyors hate GIS data, but it, it garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I really think, yeah, I, I agree completely. And I, I think the more that we're putting into this, the more that we can understand how we can use that data. And of course, we're sharing this information such as in this podcast here, but you know, we want to share how much we can use this data, how much how much value this brings to everybody, not just a, a general contractor and subcontractor, the owner themselves. Everybody can find this usable. Yeah, yeah. You, you and I have a buddy, uh, Travis, who flew to Singapore and scanned, was it the airport or something there? It was a big structure. And they scanned for the owner and found that um, they had used the wrong gauge steel beams, some beams were shorter, they jerry-rigged stuff. like. It's complete like waste and they saved, I don't know, I think it was, I can't, I'm going to butcher the number and this is one don't of those statistics. Don't quote us on statistics, yeah. right? This is one of those statistics people are going <laughs> to like look at me and be like, oh, that's not right. But it was like something like, you know, 300,000 or 3 million. It was something like significantly up there that they found all these errors and it had to go back and get fixed. Um, and luckily the project was completed, but they had to replace a lot of stuff because uh, those scans dictated that, um, you know, the wrong they verified that the wrong information had the wrong um sized equipment had been installed yeah yeah it's, i mean when you're talking about projects like that too and you got you know they're picking up insufficient structure issues like that i mean comes down to you know that particular case of probably some safety too right you get some things that aren't built Oh yeah. yeah, that's a, that's somebody's lives. That's it's yeah. not only lives, but that's that's lives and lawsuits. You know, ten years down the road when they get an earthquake or something. Oh, yeah, wow. so it's safe to say scanning saves lives, right? Right. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that's my new T-shirt, guys. Scanning saves lives. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Though, really, they're starting to use. I've seen scanning for detecting safety issues. If they scan the job sites at you know the end of the shift, end of the night, or what have you, if they have this little mobile scanner that runs through almost like a spot or something, it can go through. I want to hook up an iRobot little you know Z Z Roomba or whatever it is, and um put a scanner on top of that and let it go throughout these, you know, job sites and scan for safety issues, any OSHA violations, well, things like that to detect things that actually can save lives. Well, you know, it's crazy. There's, there's technology out there like smart vid IO and other ones that auto detect based off of 
uh, mass data. And I don't know if it does point clouds, but it definitely does videos and 360 photos and uh, regular photos, that sort of stuff. But if you have something walking the job site, actively taking photos, it uses all these algorithms and pattern recognition to to pick up when people aren't using, you know, PPE or uh, um, or if they're, you know, don't have their seatbelt buckled or, you know, this guy doesn't have a harness on, but he's two feet from the ledge or, you know, something like that. It picks up all that information. Uh, so, Dave, all you have to do is when this comes out, go get your new iPhone. Oh, I'm going to get it on your Roomba. I'm going to get it. There you go, man. I like it. <laughs> well, to your point, too, about uh, something like the scanning, too, uh, with using the scanner and getting these point, the point clouds, of course, are, are, are great on the on the design side and and uh, incorporating that modeling that information so then you're, you're working off an accurate model but on the client side you know again we talked earlier about hand them a point cloud well what do i do with that but having that um, ability to and we use the Faro platform but having that ability to share the job site even just on the the photo side of it right you can actually go through the site without having to go there i just did a mechanical room this morning for down in Philadelphia, and I'm going to send him a link to the the web share that Pharaoh hosts, and uh, and he's going to be able to go there, and we can look online. He can say, oh, you know what? I'm going to change this pipe over here. You know, I'm going to have it penetrate this part of the wall, and we're going to run it this way. You know what I mean? Like now we don't have to drive to the site. Like just the collaboration ability with with the scan on top of of course the the value of the the points. The point cloud itself but having that ability to collaborate online i think is also something we've seen in the last say six months that's been um something that clients really appreciate and and i think get a lot out of that as well yeah absolutely it goes hand in hand with this the way virtual business is conducted nowadays you know we have we're working on a project now and it's it's a plant over local near us and John went out and did a scan for it. And the owners and you know our clients' clients, they're located all throughout the United States. We have people in Chicago, we have people in Philadelphia, New York. We do our weekly meeting, you know, we're pulling all these people in from different time zones. We're showing them this 3D scan of this plant and we're bringing in the 3D model that we've been working on, showing the new equipment. And you know, they're blown away with how it's like they're there. You know, they could see exactly what it's gonna look like in the future once the equipment is actually installed. They don't have to travel out anymore. So they save, once again, they're saving incredible amounts of money just by attending the quick hour-long meeting. Yep, I, I completely agree. And I mean, that's another type of deliverable that's going to help with the project itself. I, I, I see that also stemming into space planning, right? I mean, scanning with space planning, especially when you get these strip malls that seem to be popping up everywhere. You know, there's a lot of older spaces that they want to do something with. And we're seeing places like WeWork and um, just there, there's so many different ones to call out, honestly, but they're well, integrating and using the space, right? And I think getting a scan and, and going off of that, at least at first, to start, you know, to, to actually plan what you're going to use these spaces for and then kind of go from there instead of just walking in it blind is going to be beneficial for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And to Tim's point, too, and, and sort of on that as well, like we're, we're using a, the scan a lot is, is part of the design process. Uh, some of these plants have huge fans and ductwork that runs hundreds of feet to, you know, a, large, a different part of the plant. 
And just from the scan alone, like our guys will bring it in into say Revit and they'll start designing while like right with the scan in, in Revit so that they can see what's there, avoid clashes right while they're designing. Um, and then, you know, you have that CAD model now sitting right in the scan. So when the clients see that while we're in the meeting, they can see, okay, here, well, let's turn on, you know, the new, the new duct system or whatever, and then see how that looks. And it's sitting right in there in real time in the, in the plant, yeah. um, and meetings definitely are, helps with visualization. Yeah. 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 Right now, the feedback that we're getting from our clients and these plant managers is that in these meetings, they're getting they're, they're getting way ahead of themselves in detail, things that they couldn't do normally with like a like back with a 2D blueprint. You know, they're, they're seeing the stuff in the actual 3D scan. They're seeing the model. They're asking questions that, you know, detailed stuff that they usually wouldn't even get until they wouldn't get to until the stuff's actually being installed in the field. Now they're asking this in this design phase and that's you know it's 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 a game changing thing for them it is yeah and i mean i think that's a a huge point for um well this in general i mean it's a huge tie to that visualization right and, and to think about um well, really, it's a it's sales, right? You're selling it, but you're also at the same time educating them because the people have to be excited about it. If they're not excited about it, they don't engage with it, right? Yeah. But if you yeah. get an owner engaged, excited about what they're doing, and and then you get a little bit experienced, you educate this owner, or that you you know you get someone with experience that has done this before. They know the questions to ask. Um, they're just waiting to get involved in that process. And if you can, again, as you guys are saying, get them involved sooner. It's it's awesome. It gets them, you know, excited for this project. It gets everyone, I, I want to say, excited and and kind of moving forward. And it's it I, I want to say it makes everyone feel better about the process. You know, I, I feel bad for those owners that go through this process of a, you know, building construction and this is their dream. This is what they want to do. And then at the end of the day, they get not what they expected or things just weren't delivered as promised or, you know, what, what have you, I, I just, I really feel bad. And I, I want to get to that point where we, as a, as a whole, as an industry can educate them and say, okay, this is what we can offer. This is how we can do things. And I think that scanning is a, is a huge, huge proportion to that. Yeah. I, I think, I think COVID is actually going to bring about a lot of low cost, um, opportunities for owners for people to become owners um you know we'll see what happens right but but thinking about it i've, I've already seen commercial real estate take take slight a slight dive so yeah. thinking about um all these people that are going to get into it now like oh you know there's this opportunity i can i could you know buy this strip mall renovate this do do whatever um if that owner is not educated, they're going to be spurned. They're not going to want to get into it. They're not going to want to invest any more money. They're not going to want to do all this stuff. And this is, this is a conversation I've had with an ongoing with an architect, uh, ongoing conversation I have with an architect about like they sell a specific type of um, design services to a to a client to an owner, and you know their whole purpose of what they do is in educating the owner, but um, they can't really educate the owner and all the costs and you know mishaps of BIM and what they should do and all that sort of stuff, especially as a new owner, I feel like it, it might scare them away. But I think if you have those conversations, I think, um, I don't know. I think, I think uh, you might be surprised at how, how accepting they are of it. And an educated person 
in my mind, if you give me information, I feel more invested in, I feel more happy. I feel like there's more communication going on and I'm probably more likely to do it again. Yeah. And I feel like if the, if we can back to your guys' point, um, if we can get them invested or get them excited earlier, get them involved earlier in the process, it's beneficial for everyone, right? I've been on this huge kick lately, um, with thinking about common data environments and getting everyone involved, making sure information is available to everyone. Um, it, because it's really when you make that information available that, you know, people start again, getting interactive and they, they kind of start that collaboration process where an owner would get involved a little bit sooner and say, Hey, you know, actually, um, this pipe is sitting here and this is going to go through, you know, my showroom or something. And could we move this over anything like that, that, you know, they can get involved with that, that, that much sooner in the process and it's going to save everybody that time and i think that's huge it's really huge yeah a term i've heard before i've read it i don't know i think it was on uh what a, just reading through some articles at some point um like demystify um like you know what i mean i think some people just hear the word point cloud and 3d scanning and and it's like, wow, what is that? I don't even know what that's not like magic or some it's some crazy thing, right? But like you said, if you can bring them in the process, which is very easy to do when you have visuals, that's huge too, because again, they're not gonna be the ones messing around with the point cloud and, and trying to figure out how to how to manipulate that data. They're gonna see the benefits of it, but if you can bring them in along the process, then it then it makes more sense. Like in what Tim Tim was talking about the one project. The owner comes to our office and he loves it. He sits here and he can. He's sitting here making decisions, and we're sitting here in the office instead of down in a, you know, 80 degree, 90 degree weather at a plant while all the machines running in the background. And he's sitting here making decisions on this stuff. So he's in the process. And like you said, if you can bring people along, it, it kind of actually sort of it gets the the energy going. You know, there's it's not. It doesn't have that oh, uh, flipping through pages, looking at you're actually looking on a screen. It's interactive, and it's productive. You can keep you can keep people engaged throughout yeah. the you know throughout the entire ladder of the of the project. People are engaged, and not just you know as you're going up to the hierarchy from the owner to the GC down to down to the draft the draftsman. You know it's also across the timeline. You know the, the scan it could be applicable throughout the entire life of the project and and thereafter it too. Oh, I, I completely agree. Transitioning that over to an as-built is awesome. I think that if you hand someone, uh, of course, the the 3D model as it was last, and then a scan, I think that's a, that's a great uh, thing to have. That's valuable to me at least. And then I think as a building owner, as that building transitions, you know, because as we all know, buildings grow, they change. I mean, the, it, they're not living things, but at the same time, they are. They really are. If you look at all the different systems and things that make up a building and as it goes throughout its life cycle, it, it grows. These factories, what have you, they start adding on and you get into these older buildings now that have had several additions. And the last CAD drawing that we have is like the original or something. And you have two or three undocumented, you know, additions or whatever. What? I think yeah. just being able to give someone that data and that owner knowing, hey, this is possible. Let's go ahead and send someone out to scan this as it is right now. And you know what? I, I have an I have a 3D model as it is here, and I have this digital twin that I can deliver someone. And I'm I'm maybe it's not a digital twin; it's a point cloud, what have you. They're they're delivering that point cloud 
to that, you know, so at least they can archive that much in the process. If they have someone, you know, updating the as-built model, okay, even better, right? Because at that point, it's going to help them when they start to, if someone responsible wants to go ahead and transition it, you know, again, they can build off of that as-built model, which of course is really what we want to be able to see. But, you know, I, I mean, I think it's just another step in the process, I, but I, I think it's hugely, hugely beneficial. Yeah. I have a kind of unrelated question. Um, so you guys are the whole the whole enchilada. You're I'm looking at your I was looking at your website and uh, you guys do everything from from you know regular 2D 3D CAD to coordination to you know uh, spooling to uh, you know creating point point files like just, uh, you guys literally do everything. Um, so with that though, I'm just curious, how often are you guys bidding both on the same job? See you guys self uh, heavier on the CAD side, heavier on the scan side. I'm curious how this works out as a business model for you guys. Definitely heavier on the on the CAD court. The coordination, the drafting side is is the the bones of this of this company. Scanning scanning was an addition uh, two and a half years ago more of a, like a trial. Our owner's like, yeah, let's see what this is. He's a tech guy, right? He's, he, he's been doing CAD since CAD started. So, and he was a field guy before that. So he kind of knows his way around both sides of the, of the construction life cycle, I guess, if you, if you will. Um, so he added that and then, yeah, so, so really drafting, we're a drafting CAD company. And then we've added uh, scanning into that and folded it into the mix. Um, so, you know, we just reach out to our, our existing clients, our repeat clients that we do a lot of work for. And, you know, we've started adding scanning to their projects and they see it, you know, hey, let us come out and try one on, you know, let, so you can see what this is. So if, I don't know if I'm answering your question, question correctly, but I mean, to integrate scanning into the, into the process, sort of creating us as a one-stop shop. So, you know what I mean? If we can recommend scanning, we'll look at, so any bidding that we do on projects, we look at it and see like, hey, would scanning fit here? And then we provide a separate like, hey, do you need us to scan this? Here's what we're thinking. Here's what this would cost. And then we can generate a conversation on that. And why, you know, if it's someone who hasn't used it before or doesn't really know what it is, but they know who we are as a company, um, it seems to be working out pretty good. All right. You know, I, I, realized we we failed to ask earlier but um can we get can we get a little bit of history on you guys what's your background personally background well um, how did you guys get started in the industry what led up to you being where you are now and then over the uh, company and let's shine on the company too yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> right so djm's been around for about 15 years uh i mean i i know a little bit about the beginnings of it but it started as a, uh, a mechanical contracting company so the guys out in the field you know like installs bidding on jobs uh, they had a duct shop as well a sheet metal shop um, and then slowly kind of transitioned into doing the the CAD side of it doing the actual producing the drawings and then phased away about say 10 years ago from the uh, you know actually sheet metal shop being on site to moving right into just doing the CAD side, doing the drawings. Um, and now that's exactly, that's all we do is just all the, all the, all the drawing work and, and, uh, and CAD side BIM coordination. Um, 
founded by uh, our owner Dan. Uh, like I said, he's been doing this since he's 18 years old. Um, so he's he's got a good hands-on knowledge in the field, and then also the CAD side as well. So good guy to have at the top. And um, all our drafters draw specific trades. So we have sheet metal guys that just so they're not drawing pipe one day, sheet metal one day, and architecture uh, or structure another day. So it's the the company's separated in that way. So I think that helps as well. So when you're, you know, we're doing a sheet metal job, the guy who's drawing that, that's all he does. So he understands that trade um, well enough to be versed in, you know, in, in coordinating and being in meetings and answering questions. Yeah, um, that's how you get a subject matter expert, essentially. That's how you really yeah, yeah. understand so, what so, they mean. Yes, exactly. So, so I think that's been a, a big part of the success of, of where this company is, uh, the, way that, the way it's set up that way. Um, and then, uh, personally, um, myself, I originally from Toronto, Ca Toronto, Canada, a, eh? um, so <laughs> I moved, I moved here to PA about 20 years ago and I actually was, uh, worked at a ski area for about 15 years and I went to school for urban and regional planning. So, uh, that's kind of what I was interested in back then, um, didn't really get too much into into the CAD programs quite then. Uh, it was a lot of hand drawing still and um, sort of just getting into the CAD side. So um, they this company here was actually just looking for somebody to start up the, the, the head up the scanning division here. Uh, so I kind of worked my way in. I saw that and, and uh, applied and here I am two years later. So I kind of got to learn it from the ground up um, with a minimal CAD drafting background, knew a little bit, but uh, but certainly understand the value coming from from just not knowing anything about it to, to where we are today, where I am today, with uh, with understanding the scanning and, and and the importance of it. So so yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, um, and for me, it's a bit of a short story, uh, but I uh, went to school for mechanical engineering. I wanted to be a project engineer. Uh, DJ is a company that I've been with my entire career. They hired me as a 3D draftsman and designer. Worked there. I drew mainly plumbing for a few months. That's and, exciting stuff. That's yeah, very exciting. Pitch yeah. pipe, <laughs> copper insulation. <laughs> Pitch pipe. But it, it taught me a lot about you know the actual industry because in school you don't really learn much about. I mean you learn about CAD, you learn all that stuff, but you don't really actually get to apply it. So it kind of gave me the hands-on drafting experience that I needed. Position opened up in assistant project management, so I jumped on that, and the company's been very good to me. Um, and I've been moving up through project management and, you know, managing my own projects now. And, you know, that was about my two-and-a-half-year-long story here. Nice. Great I, story. You know what I really love about all of that, honestly, right. um, is that you guys have such a varied experience. And then, of course, um, you guys have a very pro varied profile in what you guys can offer. Um, I, I really, I, I'm kind of stumbling on myself here, probably the second old fashioned that I'm on, but, um, <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I'm jealous. Oh, dude, you know what? 30 minutes, 30 minutes, T minus 30 minutes and I'll have one. Right, right. Water. Dude, I, it's, it's funny, but, um, I went to a farmer's market this last week and there was a, uh, a distiller, a local distillery who had their rum out there. It's called just rum. 
I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I, I like a good spiced rum every once in a while. And this guy, you know, he's asking me what I, I said, oh, I drink a lot of whiskeys. I drink some spiced rum. And he goes, man, I got this rum here. It's uh, rested in Oregon oak. So it's got this kind of oaky finish. And he's like, I love it in old fashions. I'm like, really? Well, all right. So naturally, I had to buy a small bottle of it. And of course, I bought their uh, Just Rum and Spice because, I, again, I'm a sucker for some spiced rum. Oh, man, I tell you what. Oh, great smoky finish. I can, you can taste the oak in the rum. It's kind of crazy. It sounds good, though. <laughs> yeah. You got sold, man. He, he read you. He was like... Ah, oh, this this hipster, this guy in Portland. <laughs> yeah, of course, he likes old fashioned. He's saying like running. Looks like what he a... drinks old fashions. Let's go. So I'm just garbage. No, I'm just kidding. Oh um, yeah. Portland farmers markets. I don't know. You're probably in Sandy, but uh, Oregon farmers markets are freaking awesome, man. They're uh, they're they're a different breed of farmers markets. Although I am getting used to the ones here in PA. I, I haven't been to one quite as uh, um. I don't know how to say it's bountiful uh, with the uh, craft and artisanal stuff that that they had up there. Yeah, wait until you start going to some flea markets and stuff, Joey. The Midwest is amazing with some flea markets and trade shows. Dude, I tell you what, I could find anything I was looking for at a flea market or trade show. I, I, I could find the classic car parts. I could find animals. You can find fresh cheeses, eggs. It did not matter. It's I want everywhere. a llama, man. So, uh, yeah. a llama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a llama? I've been reading this book, Turn Right at Machu Picchu, and uh, they keep talking about like llamas in Peru and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I really want a llama, man. That'd be pretty cool. Um, five-year-old. She wants a llama. Yeah. She's got this little dancing llama, and she's like, Dad, I, I really want a llama. No. Of course you <laughs> Well, you're close to Mount Hood. On the other side of Mount Hood, there's actually a llama farm on the... Yeah, um, an alpaca farm. Tri- yeah, alpaca. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Alpaca. The alpaca farm. There's, a, there's an alpaca farm right by me, right around the corner. <laughs> Man, I need to get out to Philly more. Oh, yeah. In the city, people actually walk their alpacas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see that on the news every now you're and then. You're joking with me. That would be no, amazing. No, no. Urban urban cowboyism. You can look at a very popular thing in Philadelphia. People people have little horse ranches in just vacant lots. <laughs> Stable their horses. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. My, my mom's got my mom lives in uh, North Dallas area, and she's got chickens in her small little city acre, you know, city lot. It's like you know, a tenth of an acre or whatever. So like, I can picture chickens, but. Putting your yeah. your, your... llama, <laughs> If I saw somebody walking a llama, I would have to stop, and I'm gonna ask them. I don't care who they are. I'd be like, can I pet your llama, please? These people are so numb to it. They'll be like, what? This llama? <laughs> this llama right here? Yeah. yeah Go ahead, pet sure. this llama. <laughs> yeah, and then it spits at you. <laughs> like, What's up, Tina? <laughs> yeah. I caught your reference, man. I caught your reference. He caught it. Got it. Uh, so yeah, thank so you really, so much for coming on, guys. Really. Yeah, thank yeah. You. We definitely appreciate it. I do have two questions left. Um, so earlier you said uh, tech is changing all the time. Uh, yep. What are your thoughts on these new mobile scanners? What the ones that you can like keep going in motion? 
Yeah, yeah, like GeoSlam technology or, or what's called the IMUs in it and all that fun stuff. Like, what's your thought on on those and maybe the noise density? Have you guys they looked into any of those yet? scanners, right? Yeah, they backpack have, scanners. Well, they, they have those. They have the ones on the wheels. They've got all kind. They've got you know, Carta uh, makes this uh, like tablet device essentially. Like, there's all kinds of scanners out there now. It's it's crazy what's going on. Um, so I was wondering if you guys have played with any of that technology yet. We see a lot of it at AU when we go. Um, Dave and I go just about every year. So just curious what you guys have played with, what you guys saw, what were the results? I haven't had a chance to mess with any of it, but I have. Uh, I've been at a couple of trade shows and I've seen the backpack where they where they go around the, with the backpack. Uh, I, it seems like it's pretty good. I mean, until you can kind of dive into the point cloud and 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 really get you know get your eyes on it and and see how it is on the back end. It yeah, seems to me like it's like. still what's that. I think you got to see what the density. I mean, and it depends again on your usage case. I think, right? Because it does. You're going to use it, that point cloud for. If I'm going to do that with the way I see it right now, the where it's at, that technology, as far as it comes down to our level, <laughs> is is if you're going to do say like an open warehouse type place, like you know, like say they're going to change over some old building and they're going to, it's all open inside and you can like kind of weave through it fairly easily. But if I'm going into a mechanical room or if I'm going somewhere where there's a lot of things I need to pick up, whether it's pipe or duct or equipment, I'm still sticking right now with, with the traditional, uh, you know, like the tripod scanner. Uh, I think that, that technology, I mean, I'm positive it's going to be, uh, it'll, it'll be to a point where you can move around wherever you need to and it'll grab it. But I think now, like you said, the density, when I saw the point cloud, just looking at it on a, like a laptop where at the trade show, it, it, uh, it seemed a little weaker than what I would want to see. If you just need structure, then, then I think it's probably save you a ton of time if you had a big, a big, large space to scan. But when it comes to like going multiple floors and you got to go in and out of rooms, um, I still think the traditional scanner is is kind of the way to go. Yeah, at this I, point, I agree. I agree. You know, and it, what I want to see eventually is uh, we're starting to see these new types of scanners where, of course, they're taking measurements, but they're also able to locate themselves. If we can see the GPS kind of integrated or even GIS integrated into a scan, right? Um, in the sense of it knows where it is when it scans. It's going to auto register and stitch all these scans together and, 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 you know, we can kick out a nice automatic point cloud. I think that, uh, that is going to help, I guess, push us further past, um, where we are now. Yeah. If they can, if they can kind of not guarantee, but assure you're going to get some very, very, uh, you know, minimal error as you move around. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you're doing 10, 15 scans, 20 scans, no big deal. But if you're doing 200, 300 scans, multi-floor, then yeah, you got, you really got to watch what, what's going on there. Exactly. Well, we, we, we already have similar technology, but it's at a higher price point, right? So we're, these mobile scanners seem to be at a very much, a very low price point compared to the, you know, the $80,000. We're seeing them a little bit lower, like, you know, something like the, uh, you know, entry level architecture type scanner or whatever, right? Um, yeah. But but you know there are packages in the you know hundreds of thousands range, hundred hundred thousand plus that will um, they'll 
they'll tie into like a base station setup. Like we could run down, ride down a highway, scan the surface of the highway and everything's all geolocated. Everything knows where it's at. So like getting to the point where that becomes more cost effective for, for building scans for vertical, like that becomes uh, a game changer in its own right. But so Dave, you know, you keep talking about this uh, iPhone 12 because you're a big iPhone guy. Oh yeah. Big Apple guy. I'm a, I'm a Samsung nerd. Um, droid, uh, droid, droid. Yep, droids, man. I make fun of you, you uh, UI, easy to use Apple guys, right? Uh, but but this new iPhone 12 is is um, you know it's a lower lower cost right for lidar, but it's a consumer device, and it seems to be all they're talking about now with this new device. Do you think like consumer devices like this? Yes, they're on the lower end for the for what we need, but you know the photogrammetry, the stuff that we get out of it, is actually really usable. Like. Because that's all I really need for a Revit model needs, right, is, is photogrammetry. Um, yeah. Do you guys see lower-cost consumer tech actually driving more tech in the industry? Do you think that that might be a, a boon, or do you think that's probably going to be a wash in the end? No, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, big. I, I don't think they're gonna, it's going to be a throwaway. Well, going back to kind of like the theme of what we're saying here, it's it's a big educational opportunity here. Once once people could actually start getting this LiDAR in hand and they just start messing around with it, like, hey, let's look at what my living room looks like with this LiDAR. And they see how quick and easy it is. And really, it's just like a dumbed down version of like a, a, a full scale 3D scan. It's like a mesh at that yeah, point. Yeah. Think yeah. The iPhone. So the iPhone's doing this super quickly and they're thinking, wow, it would be great if I could do this for one of my buildings. You know, and then they do some research and they find out how it's also like, hey, this is really cost effective. This could really push our industry forward just after they see how applicable it is and how technology has moved forward since probably yep. the first time they ever heard of 3D scanning. Dude, I completely agree, guys. I mean, it, it's it's very exciting to see this because I think what we're going to see is more of an adoption as a whole, like this is going to spread out to multiple industries. I, I see this in so many different ways uh, of people being able to show products, you know, visualizing things. You're going to be able to send someone like a 3D mesh of the product that, the, that they're going to receive. Right. And, and and when you put this into a consumer grade technology, I love I love this uh, podcast. I listen to content quite a bit. And you you hear them uh, talk about uh construction grade technology right but it's also in the same sense they have these conversations on consumer technology and how it's affecting construction and 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 again i i think if we wrap around to even thinking about educating right you put this in the hands of everybody you put this lidar capability in the hands of everybody they can start the younger generations can start adopting it start learning it even generations you know it's easy it's it's fun to learn right but you start seeing the uses for it this starts become uh, becoming inspiration i want to think like that little light bulb popping up like man i wonder what else i could do with this and yeah, that's a great point. I, I i think this is going to spur that push towards more scanning and and more adoption of this information because again they're putting it at the hands of everybody yeah and you're going to see it if you make it easy, if you make yeah. it adoptable, well, well, that kind of, they'll take it. That goes into, well, first things first, how dare you plug another podcast on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. No, no, we like content. There yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to have one of them on soon. Um, Josh. So, yep, yeah. Uh, so the, 
the consumer technology definitely bleeds over. Like, you know, everybody laments the, free, you know, they blast us here in the construction. Say, oh, you guys are the last adopt technology. You guys are even behind agriculture. That's crazy, you know. But if you think about it, you know, as a whole, maybe we are. But I think in the, you know, in the major metropolis city, metropolis cities, we, um, you know, we're adopting more and more. And I think a lot of it does have to, or does at least revolve around consumer grade technology. You think about it, you know, yeah, um, for sure. I, I chat with a lot of like field guys, right? And field guys who curse technology up and down, but three seconds later, they'll bust out their iPhone or their, you know, uh, if they're smarter, smarter, they're, they're Droid. And, um, you know, they, they know how to use their smartphone. They've got all the, the technology. They know all about the apps. They nice can do all jab, that stuff. Nice job. Little, yeah. little undercut there. <laughs> Boom. Gotcha. Now, uh, uh, but, you know, they'll pull it up. They'll use the apps. They'll do all that stuff. The construction apps for field reporting versus filling out the paper form of, you know, job site conditions, all that fun stuff. Um, they'll just type it in, 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 in the app. They, they've got it. Or if they want to pull up a plan set, they'll do it on their phone or a tablet or whatever versus flipping open you know, a paper set, like this is becoming more mainstream, but yet these are consumer devices. These are consumer. Yeah. I mean, right now, technology. Joey, we're, we're seeing Recap Pro gives you mobile um, capacity to view your scans on, again, a mobile device. And that's what we're seeing uh, a big push, even with Bluebeam with drawings. You're seeing this push to make it more deliverable, more simple. And they want to put it in everyday users' mobile device because I, I don't care who you are out here anymore. If you're, um, over the age of what 2021 20, you probably have a mobile device right so if you can put you're over this the age information of, oh, if you're over the age of eight yeah. <laughs> i just said that to joe no. too right eight years old yeah my, right my like, kid I, I is got... in first grade and she has classmates that have phones and she's like dad when can i have a phone i'm like never like when you're old enough to pay for it come on right my, my 11 year old keeps asking and i'm like no you cannot have a phone i love you but no maybe you know when we get older you get into sports things like that but not yet uh, i took a job at the local piggly wiggly i grew up in north texas took a job at the piggly wiggly you know to, to get a cell phone to pay for a cell phone I had a Boost flip phone, dude. That thing was awesome. It would chirp. It was like the walk and talk <laughs> phone. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The old Motorola's, remember? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, honestly, if you put that, you make that technology available, you make that information available to anyone at any level, and people get more involved, right? People get excited about it. Sure. It, it's it's – a, I think it's awesome. I really do. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I, I told Joey, as soon as they drop it, I'm going to go get one. I'm going to play with it. I'm going to scan my house. I'm going to scan everything that I have just because. <laughs> and, and just because it, it gets, so it gets to the consumer level, right? Where, you know, where it's available to almost everybody doesn't mean they're going to run out and buy a Faro scanner or a Trimble scanner but they're going to start learning about what that is and holy crap. Okay. So that's what these guys have been telling me to do on my job sites, yeah. you know? Yes, that's it. Yes. If you can just get that little, like that, that light bulb that goes up, you know what I yeah. mean? It's how can we use this information or how else can we use this? And yeah. again, making it available to everyone. I, I think it's going to, it it's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to help every industry. I mean, I, I really, I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. At least in the terms of, well, we, you can say buildings. I, I 
thinking in my head, like, man, I should scan my house. You know, I had this uh, this wildfire scare a few weeks ago, right? And I'm running through my house trying to take pictures of everything that I own because I'm like, man, if this house gets on fire, uh, I, I really want to take pictures of this so I can turn this into insurance. If hey, I have, your bur- grabbing your bourbon bottles at the same time. Yeah, right. No, I don't want this bottle to go. This can't burn. We're, we're taking this in the truck. Let's leave go. the KD and wild turkey behind. Yeah, just rum. Grab the just rum. Yeah, right. Just grab the rum. Grab the whiskey. Uh, what is that? Okay, it's coming. But uh, no, but I'm thinking about you know what can I keep, what can I leave, and then how can I document all this? How can I turn this over to an insurance company? Are they really going to be able to see what I have and 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 the details in my house? And you think about some of these these houses that you know people have lost, or some of these intricate residential designs that we have. You cannot put into detail like how much work some people have done, and if we can. Let's say even just take a simple scan of their house to document it as what we have, how this house is before an emergency. It's going to help you know them visualize, but anybody else down the process of it visualize what they had. I think that's a, a huge thing, again, that's going to spread not just in our industry, but to others involved with it. You're thinking like more big scale and, and like coming up with all these useful things I'm like more worried about like, ah, oh, shit, if this breaks, let me at least scan the broken piece and I can 3d print it out a replica or something. Like, yeah. No, that's a good thought too. I mean, honestly, if you could start, I mean, we have a lot of DIYers out there anyways, if you scan yeah. it, you can, you know, make something 3d printed. That's very cool. But yeah, dude, I want to use this information. How can we, you know, optimize this little scan mesh that we have this picture, this 3d model that we have. Yeah, 3D print your house. You got a little, then you got a dollhouse of your of your house. <laughs> there it. you Love go. It. There you go. Well, yeah. save me the hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars, however much dollhouses are. I've got uh, a seven year old who has her own dollhouse, and it was a few hundred dollars. I can't believe how much they cost. It blows my mind for cheap MDF. And then yeah. uh, I've got another one on the way. So if this one doesn't last, I'm like, I'm making the next one. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Just plan on well, making it, Joey. Trust me. Just ah, yeah. Just <laughs> well, well, gentlemen, this has been a great episode. I actually really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Um, I was a little nervous going into this because we had just chatted with scanning, but you guys, we went in a whole other direction. We covered a lot more uh, intricacies, um, and the fact that you guys offer this whole cat approach to it. I love that. I'd love to find out more about your company and maybe highlight some more information at another point. If there's anything you guys want to say. Feel free to say it now. We're, we're uh, happy to have you guys back on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, first, we appreciate uh, you guys having us on as well. This is a, it's a great format. Just kind of more conversational, I think, is a, is a great way to kind of, you know, move in different directions and cover a bunch of topics without really even, uh, you know, mapping it out, so to speak. Just kind of, kind of go off the cuff. It's great. Um, yeah. I mean, just... Uh, encourage people just check us out check our uh our website out and see what we're what we have to offer and uh yeah i I, like i i'm a firm believer i mean it's just a learning every day like you go out i mean things change so fast like you just said this iphone thing's coming out i learn stuff every day out there scanning and you know working with tim here on these projects and so it's just a growing it's an exciting industry to be in uh I, i think it's in good shape we're busy 
sounds like you guys are busy. There's a lot of work coming through, which I, I'm happy about. So there's there's plenty of work for everybody out there, and and uh, yeah, it's just an exciting exciting part of technology in the construction world to be part of. So yeah. we're happy uh, happy to be in the mix, and uh, and yeah, thanks again, guys. Of course. Now, what was your uh, website, or how can people reach you? Uh, is it caddjm? Caddjm. Caddjm. Yeah, caddjm.com. And uh, yeah, everything's listed there, what we do, our contact info. So anyone has any questions or, you know, we're happy to, to chat with people again, just to bring them up to speed of what we do. And, and if there's some way we can, you know, be part of projects, we're, we're happy to talk and, and just kind of even just that alone, just have a conversation. That's what I love about our industry, and that's really where I see us wanting to go too. Like moving forward is sharing this information. You know, just bringing everybody up, saying, "Hey, this is this is what we do. This is how we can offer this information," and that that just makes others aware, right? I mean, even even that in itself is a huge piece to what we need is making people aware of what we can use this data for. And yeah. thank you guys. Yep, yeah, thank absolutely. you. And we'll include links with this podcast for everybody to check out uh, their website. So thank you very much and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Have a great night, guys.